You're listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Per Axboom. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of... No, no. no. Shit. We'll start again. over. <laughs> you said 21 right there. 22. Why did I ask you? Oh shit! It's twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kombucha! Do you good. want me to start? Do you want me to start yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, right. I'll start it. <laughs> Hello, these giggling idiots um, are James Roy Lawson <laughs> and Bear Boom, and this is episode twenty-two of UX Podcast. Thank you, James. <laughs> I'm not sure we saved that. We're, we're giggling Muppets today. Uh, hopefully, re- hopefully, you've just heard our new intro. Oh, yeah, yeah. we've got a new intro. And hopefully, yeah. you like it. Yeah. yeah. It's very British. Well, she is British. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. You, you wouldn't believe how difficult it is keeping track of what episode number we're on. We, you'd think it'd be very simple <laughs> to research before the show that we're on episode 22. Um, but no, oh. it's beyond our capabilities, which mm. actually is quite a good little intro to today. Beyond our capabilities. Probably, um, yes. <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what are we talking about? What have you been up to since last time? Uh, when was last time? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Well, gee, mate, I've got a thing now. That's an on-the-spot question. Yeah, um, I've, written, I've written a really good blog post. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I really like that blog post. It's been a long time coming, mm-hmm. the, the No Sliders um, blog post. Which we've talked about quite a lot. We like have talked about sliders a fair bit. Uselessness of mm. sliders. Yeah, in mm. most situations. I'm going to put a little caveat that says they're actually all right sometimes. Mm. But uh, anyway, you can go and read the blog post yeah. if you want to know more about that one. Yeah, I've had a bit of a cold and been writing some blog posts as well, actually. Mm. Oh, naturally, we're yeah. going to talk about yeah. your latest one. I'm going to weave that into the show. Yeah. And one thing we did want to mention just for this show is that we actually realized that we both have 30-year anniversaries. Not, not that we're married. Or not right. that we're married, no. no. Not yet. You may. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to go well. Um, uh, actually, it's 30 years uh, since we got our first computer, each of us. Uh, I got my Sinclair ZX81 uh, in 82, in August of 82, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had 1K of memory. Mm. Which I expanded to 16k. Yeah, with that massive black overheating mm. pack at the back of it. And I still have it. I still have that oh, and, and my cool. recording station. And the one thing I lost was my thermal printer. Oh, I used to mm. love those. The silver mm. paper. Yeah. That was fantastic. Mm. I got, I, um, I'm not quite at my 30th anniversary. I got my, um, my BBC Model B um, in October, as an early, October 1982, as an early Christmas present for the yeah. family. With its tape deck and mm. connected up to a, a giant, um, I think it must have been like a 28 inch TV we got secondhand from some shop somewhere. Yeah. Um, and a, had a little silver tape deck. Um, 30 years. I haven't got that computer anymore. Um, but I've got one that's similar ish. Right. And, and I, think, I think this is really relevant for, for our listeners, actually, knowing that we've both been playing around with computers for quite a long time. and. Back then, we really didn't have any software. We, no. we wrote our own, own software. And though we are... Or typed like, it in from newspapers. 
Exactly. Well, that's, that's what you basically did, <gasps> right? Yeah. Your weekend was filled with yeah. uh, with typing in by hand code from mm. from um, a computer magazine. God, we're sounding old, but not, <laughs> but not grumpy for once. Normally we sound not like grumpy, two no. grumpy old, yeah. you know, middle aged men. <laughs> it was all well, better before. Those were the days. Those though. were the days. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that's something we've been talking about uh, as well. Is uh, how we want our children to actually get close to that passion of tinkering with uh, technology, mm. not just using. Mm devices but mm. actually learning to to create stuff yeah and gaining an under- understanding of how they work and mm. i think that's the something logic. that has really helped us understand uh the workings behind the website as well absolutely i mean yeah, yeah the, 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 the that kind of that basic logic that you get from when you learn how to create computer programs yeah um is something which is is really really valuable when you when you're working with digital media i think right because ultimately, they're all, they're all computer programs, all right. these things we're working with. And everything we're going to talk about today, actually, is all around web management and, and handling all the different aspects of a website. And some of that is quite technical. It can very yeah. quickly get very technical, mm. depending on who you are. But yeah. yeah. But let's start off with the, with the blog post I actually published yesterday. Uh, it, it's about an organization in Sweden called... Uh, Swedish communicators, Svenska kommunikatörer, basically Swedish communicators, like communication officers. Uh, and they've just changed name. They used to be called Sveriges Informationsförening, which is basically Swedish information officers. Sweden's, <laughs> so Sweden's Information Office. Society or Some, yeah. something like that. So they had quite a long name, uh, which is uh, <laughs> hard, uh, especially with accounts like Twitter. But <laughs> the, the, the thing I wrote about was how does this impact their presence in social media with this name change and how, what do they have to do when Facebook, on Twitter, and not just the big ones, but also on SlideShare, uh, with Google Maps. Uh, every, I mean, their name is everywhere. How do they make sure that they actually present the new name in the co- right context and that people learn it and they don't have, like, two names floating mm. around all the time? Because once upon a time, you know, pre, pre-web, Hmm. changing your name wasn't maybe yeah. that complicated okay this is the whole there's always implications of changing your name from a customer loyalty customer recognition recognition and, and so on but um but now it's a whole different ball game when you change name it is it, it's huge suddenly suddenly you've you've got a situation where management might decide to change name hmm. of your company and it might not actually be possible to change name in effect in the digital space right <laughs> Basically, yes. I mean, it, some some uh, some of these services actually don't allow you to change names, and that and that's the one of the big problems. Of course, uh, take Facebook uh, to start off. If you have a Facebook fan page, you're not allowed to change the name of it. So if you change your name, you basically need to create a new page mm. and have everybody come over there. And this is partly to do with with um, um, phishing, or at least um, kind of link bait or bait and switch. Sorry, uh, when you the problem they had sometimes with people. Um, a few years ago, I remember there was the cases oh, where yeah. you build up a, a, a really innocent-looking mm. site, you know, mm. I don't know, um, cuddly toys, mm. and then um, you switch it to be "I love pedophilia." Yeah, that kind of yeah. example where you suddenly get. I think that's actually a real-life example. Uh, it's, so, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've really paraphrased yeah. it a bit there, but yeah. it was that kind of example. So mm. they stopped you from doing it, and that's mm. that's that's a, a genuine concern. Genuine concern. I can see why they stop it. Mm. Um, but it creates a, a real situation for, for yeah, organizations. organizations with, uh, like in this example, they have on their old Facebook page now 2,268 2, fans or likes. And on the new page, as of yet, they, I mean, the name changed 
they decided on it in March. I think they started pushing it out in um, April, May, and now it's uh, September. And they have uh, 1,162 fans on their new page, which is pretty good. I think that's really quite yeah. good. It's half of the number of the other yeah. one. Um, uh, so, some might argue that's not not good, but I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But some of the things they're doing is, uh, of course, they're telling people on the old page, go to the new page and like that. Uh, but uh, they're also publishing all the items on the old page as on the new page. And, you, I mean hmm. – um, yeah, I think it's I think it's actually the right way to go because that way yeah. people get the information that they want to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, also keep reminding people to like the new page. I think that's the key there. Yeah, I, mean, you, you, yeah, I like spontaneously. I can I like the fact that they're maintaining the service to mm. their, their old fans on the old name and old page. Mm. They're still getting the information. Um, but you're right. You've still got to you've still got to hold their hand and trying to migrate them to the mm. new one. Yeah. Um, and um, well, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to talk about it too much now. But with the whole way that um, edge rank works on Facebook, mm. then that's quite a complicated little situation mm. they've got there with visibility and it is and migration. And that's something that, that organizations handle. I mean, I, I've seen uh, organizations before that actually switch Facebook page, and mm. this is one way to do it. And then you have Twitter, and you can change. You're allowed to change your Twitter name. Yeah, uh, as many times as you like. Yeah. But as you've written about before, James, mm, it's uh, years ago. it's a nightmare. It's it's uh, it's yeah. You create a whole load of um, broken links. Yeah. There's there's um, there's no redirection of anything whatsoever. Mm. Um, and I mean, they've, I think in your example, um, they've been quite good. Uh, they've they've kept the old name. Yeah. You, you need to you change your name and you need to register the old name. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you've got to change your name and then as quick as you possibly can, you've got to register your old yeah. name um, again with a new account so that no one takes it. Because mm. um, if um, if you don't, then <laughs> anyone, a competitor could basically grab your yeah. old name mm. and continue using that. Mm. Okay, they don't have any followers or anything, but links, if mm. anyone's linked to your Twitter profile, then suddenly those links will be pointing to the Right. better or someone else mm. so that's an important mm. bit of web management there that you if you change your twitter name mm. make sure you don't lose your old one but um say twitter does no redirecting of anything so if you've created any lists or oh, or linked to any tweets anywhere if someone's got a blog post and linked to a particular tweet or yeah. so on that's gone it's gone yeah the, the the numbers are same for the yeah. tweet but because your name changes you mm. lose that part of the mm. url i'm so, so so surprised twitter actually does it like that but I think, I think it must be to do with the fact that they want to reuse the Twitter names. Yeah. They actually want it so that you can, you know, the, they don't create um, um, black holes of Twitter names. Mm. That, you know, they have thousands and thousands of, of, of previous names that they can't use anymore because mm. they're in quarantine. Right. Um, so I, I, I understand it to a degree, mm. but I think they could, they could make the transition um, smoother for people. Yep. Under a, limit, I mean, you know, under a limited amount of time, they could mm. maybe redirect certain things. Yeah. Uh, so that's okay then. You basically can handle Facebook and Twitter in this way. But then we start moving on, and you realize, that, okay, so we have a YouTube account. We're not allowed to change our our URL there, so we probably need to change account there as well. And then you move on to your Vimeo account, which I found that they Vimeo. probably forgot about mm. that. The that. video, the video, another video site, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they have uh, their old logo, their old name, and uh, three-year-old content lying around there that's, that's abandoned <laughs> that's that's pretty funny yeah actually <laughs> and then you have a Flickr account and you're you're not allowed to change your url there either so you can change oh, your right. name but you, you can't change the url okay. uh, so you're li- you have to decide we create a new con- new new account 
and move all the pictures over there? Or do we just change, change the name and leave the URL, URL as, it, as it is mm. with the old name yeah. of the organization in it? Mm. And that's a big pain to take that decision. It is. And it, I suppose if you've, even if you've been clever enough to, to, to work out a plan and um, a little bit of a tactic about mm. how maybe how consistent you're going to be, mm. you know, what name you're going to use and so on, mm. it, you can see here it very quickly becomes impossible to implement because of the varying levels of support you get from mm. the various services. Yeah. You can't be consistent um, unless you were unless you were consistent at the beginning and never change name. Yeah, I think it's what exactly what the reality is. Or you decide we're a completely new organization and we start with a completely new account in, in all these different mm. channels. Mm. Did you did you have one? I think there was one good example you had, wasn't it? LinkedIn. Yeah, um, I, had, I had to, well, to LinkedIn. Your, um, your, your best in class example. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. You're actually allowed to contact uh, LinkedIn. If you have a, a LinkedIn page for your company, mm. you can contact them via form. You're the admin of the page. You say, we changed name. Yeah. And they changed the name for you. And they even changed the URL with a redirect for you. And if people in their CVs on LinkedIn have the old organization name, uh, then a click on that will bring them to the new company. Yeah, I've, I've actually been part of this because I've, I've, a couple of companies yeah. I've worked with have changed names. So that's, and, that's and beautiful. It's before, beautifully that, implemented, actually. They, um, they allow you to keep... You, you can still have the old name um, on, your, your, on your profile. Because, yeah. like, for me or for others, you worked with that company when it exactly. was called that. Yeah. Um, and changing it to the new mm. name is, is, is just wrong. So mm. you keep the old name, but then it links to the new page, mm. which is it's exactly how you want it to be. Yeah. It's, it's sensible. So LinkedIn basically shows but it is keeping, possible. Um, yeah, but they're keeping, they're keeping name history. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe they're, mm. they're less... They've got less restrictions of the length of mm. names and so on. So, I mean, Twitter's got the problem that they've got 14 characters is what they said mm. their account names can be. Yeah. So they, they've got a limited amount of names. Mm. LinkedIn don't because they, they allow pretty much a long... I don't know if there is a limit. I've not tested it, but I guess that you can have dozens of characters yeah. as part of your company. Exactly. But, so good good one there, actually. Uh, just one last example, and that is uh, Google Maps, which I think a lot of people don't think about. Uh, I used to be the old Google, Google search, place or yeah. Google places. Or Searching maps. In, in, in maps uh, for an organization name should bring up the address, and for the new organization it doesn't, or the new organization name, but for the old one it does. Mm. And just bringing up a Google map in any device, you'll have a, like a, a pin pointing to their house, and it will yep. have the old organization name. It may seem like a small thing, but if people start searching for the new new organization. Uh, they're gonna get not gonna get a hit in the, in the maps. I think it's, it's an important point, but it's also it's difficult to because here you maybe would want to still allow people to find the old name exactly. Yeah, to, as part of the education of yeah. the new name and yeah. then find the new one too. Mm. And Google Places doesn't really support mm. that at all. Um, so going through all this, I realized that. It looks quite simple at first, but it gets bigger and bigger the more you investigate and. Uh, uh, one of the things, well, the Vimeo video site, uh, they failed with that, basically. And uh, they don't have a Google Plus account yet. Uh, and you find other sites which link to the old accounts. And they have their own website linking to the old Facebook page uh, on, on different pages as well. So but it's not there, just it, the... it just grows and grows and grows. And you realize that 
this is going to take a, a lot while of work. to fix. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of planning, a lot of uh, mm. investigation. I mean, it's not even just the, um, the account names. Mm. You've got all the BOs that will be, you know, um, introduction text yeah. on a lot of these profiles. Mm. That needs to be u- mm. updated. Uh, links on profiles change to point to other places. Mm. Um, there's, there's, you know, we, I was part of a, a, a name change of a company back in 2005. And it was it was really hard work those few months where you you get the decision from management you know it comes right from the top to name changes yeah. in companies it doesn't come from your web group and <laughs> somewhere at the bottom it comes right from the top and they've got whatever reason for doing it um, in in this case I was with um, I was part of it was a strategic change of direction for the company mm. um, and the, you know from when we got the order to implementation it was a, f- a number of months and we had to do a whole new visual profile um, across. You know, building signage, flags, um, websites—the whole lot. Yeah. Um, and it, it took it took a lot of effort, and it was very say, very intensive. But thankfully, we had websites back in two thousand and five, mm. and just websites, and all of them were in our control. Mm. Now, it's a completely different picture. Mm. You've got a whole digital presence that spans various social media sites and and content sharing sites, um, where you have various different degrees of control. Mm. As we found from the example you yeah. talked about, um, and and then also the amount of links out there. The internet is so many times bigger than it was um, seven years ago. Oh yeah. So huge. you yeah. changing name now is something which I, I you know, my, my stomach would turn over a little bit mm. if you mentioned it to me that you're going to do it mm. because it's it's pretty much mm. impossible to do in a clean, nice mm. way. It is, and I'm really wondering. Possible then? That's probably a bit. Well, maybe not, but that's not. Of course, not not impossible. Possible, but it's got a lot of consequences. I got it. One of the comments said it because I asked the question at the end of my post. Would you consider changing your name, knowing the amount of work that Mm. you have to put into it? And Mm. yeah, you'd consider it, but you'd have to weigh it against all these things that I've uh, brought up. And uh, the risk assessment, the return on investment, is is the name has to be really, really good for you to want to actually change your name uh, in that sense. I can see maybe if you, Mm. as part of a merger with two companies, Mm. then that's one of the situations where I can maybe see I can make it work. Because it's effectively a new beginning from two two different entities. Mm. But changing one company, changing the name Mm. for the sake of changing the name, oh, that's... Mm. Not high up on my list of things I'd advise you to try. Mm. I'm thinking of all the time they're putting into updating updating their timeline as well. Yeah, because they're updating their timeline on Facebook back to the days of st- starting this organization. Oh, back God, to they're the, doing that too. Back to the 50s. Oh. Okay, when you have all that tied to that account. Yeah, that's not you, something you, you can migrate. You, yeah, you can't migrate. No. You can pro- there, you can find probably find some export tools, yeah. but it, it won't look nice. No. Now Facebook is not considered mm. like mm. LinkedIn has that you companies can change. Yeah. Well, do change name occasionally. Mm. But it's uh, this whole thing with, with web management and knowing what to do and, and how to do it. Um, we have um, we have a second example. I yeah. Think we're gonna... Let me tell the story of how that happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> I <coughs> sorry, I use Buffer to uh, to send out tweets at specific times during the day, and uh, sometimes they're buffered up. Uh, so I actually a tweet I sent to Buffer doesn't get out there until two days later or something like that. And so uh, I got back from James uh, on something I sent out uh, that uh, link didn't work. And I was so surprised and I looked at it and it was a Jeremy McGovern link. And I realized, well, I just had that posted from the page I was on. So it was really strange that the link didn't work. Mm. And then we started looking at it and we realized, hey, Jeremy McGovern changed his site. He launched a new site. He launched a new site. First time in, when I mean, he said his original site, I think, since the 90s. Yeah. 
um, with the design and everything. Hmm. And this weekend he changed. So, so Jeremy McGovern is actually one of our idols. <laughs> He's uh, been online for a while, as, as James said, and uh, we had a chance to listen to him as well at the last UXLX conference. Mm. He's a really good speaker. And and he's he's always very entertaining speaker. Very entertaining. Very always makes good points. And um, now his links are dead because he changed site. Yeah. All the old links uh, lead to a four, a four page. He's not redirected a single page. Yeah. Apart from the start, the start page is mm. not really redirected. But yeah. the, um, he's not redirected a single... Mm. It's 1,500 pages, Google say. <clears throat> and none of them are redirected. His, his site goes back to... I, he's, he's been publishing things since 96. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember exactly if he, if he started his site in 96. Cause I, was, I, I started yeah. reading it probably in around 1990, 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, he's got a huge amount of history on that site. Mm. And he's all still there, but with different URLs. Yeah. And he's got a fantastic link profile built up over well, possibly 15 years. Natural link profile with mm. all kinds of really good deep links. People have talked, linked to his content, talked about mm. his content, exactly like he wanted. Mm. He's thrown it all out the window. What's going to happen? At the moment. Yeah, exactly. What's going to happen now is probably he's going to drop in Google search results. He's going to drop like a stone. Yeah. And uh, we're, we were talking about this earlier. Well, how much time does he have to fix this? And mm. probably he has a window now of a few weeks or a few months. But... There'll be a few weeks before mm-hmm. probably Google drop, start dropping all these... Because mm-hmm. um, these, Google don't want to show mm-hmm. broken links in their search results. Yeah. So they, they drop them reasonably mm. quickly. Mm. They're going to keep notifying him in Google Webmaster Tools mm. that there are pages linking mm. to non-existent pages yeah. on his site. Those notifications are going to last forever. So he has a chance to kind of get back, claw back some mm. of his presence. Mm. But um, <clears throat> this shouldn't, he shouldn't allow this to happen. This is, this no. is kind of website migration mm. basics. Mm. Um, and it is. For and, me and, and you. Yeah. And, and, and for Jerry, because the irony <laughs> of this, the irony of this is that uh, James found a post yeah. by Jerry I was, while searching his old blog and with the dead links. Yeah. August, um, mm. August the 20th, 2001. Yeah. Um, he posted... So this um, was 11 years ago. Yeah. Broken links and poor information um, architecture design. Broken hyperlinks links are a serious problem on the web. Um, there are a number of reasons for this. A large number of websites are being closed down. Websites are not being properly maintained. Uh, yeah. The next one is... Um, well, anyway, well, he, goes, he goes on to explain what you should be doing to, to make this work correctly. Exactly. Um, that, you know, <coughs> researching what you have out there and making sure you redirect them and so on. He, he really knows his stuff. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it makes it all the more <clears throat> frustrating and disappointing that he's... We're actually wondering what Jerry's doing now, if he's tearing his hair out or... Because we did make him aware of this oh, on, very quickly <coughs> on Twitter, yeah, and uh, we're expecting something to happen quite soon with this. Uh, we, we were looking, of course, we're intrigued by this, and so we we're looking at his site, and we realized uh, you saw that his, he actually changed uh, publishing tool to, to Drupal. He's um, changed to Drupal. I think he used to have his, his uh, well, home base <coughs> um, CMS, and now he's gone to Drupal. And um, so it could be the case that he's just in the middle of this migration and. He published a bit too early, and he could be changing things around as we speak. Uh, but the redirects to the links, the redirecting the links is something he should have been. He should have been auditing his links, uh, mapping up where the you know the. Yeah. If it's a simple URL structure change, then mm. that should be quite straightforward. Mm. Um, in this case, it probably is. Um, it's worse when you've got whole new 
information architecture yeah. and, and site structure. Um, when you've got a blog, then I think the job's slightly easier. Mm. But no, he's, he's missed this. Yeah. Um, and it's not the first time <laughs> we've caught Jerry missing something, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, I, I noticed um, a while back, he, it must be over a year ago now, that um, he'd, he'd been reusing the same incorrect metadata Meta description mm. across several of his posts, mm. basically cut and pasting, presumably from a or copying an old post mm. in his CMS. Um, so when you were searching in the search results, you got a new title, but the old meta, old description oh, yeah, under it. Old, so yeah. he had he had several posts all looking like they sort of said the same thing. Mm. Um, but now on his new site, meta, the meta description has gone completely. Mm. So so here with Jerry, we've got an example <laughs> of 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 uh, poor website migration planning yeah. as part of a change of platform. Mm. Um, we've also got um, poor um, specification or, or at least deliverable from, the, um, from whoever's made his Drupal site. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've, not, they've not included things which are on the, the basic must-have, you-don't-miss-these-out right. list. Um, and now he's, he's facing himself with, with um, well, his, his search engine presence nose diving mm. because he's he's throwing away probably 15 years worth of links and mm. phrases where he's been ranking for decades yeah. <laughs> or over a decade he's just going to vanish yeah for so, a while. somebody else is are going to uh, for a while yeah. i mean he might pick it up again but um you know that's going to take time yeah so, so the question is i mean how how, how does this how does it happen because <laughs> you know jerry's one of those people where you yeah. hope and think um, this wouldn't happen. Mm. So but if we try to make it more generic, how, mm. why does this happen so often? I mean, I, 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 another example is wearing a third one here. Um, the other week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I pointed out to Internet World, a uh, big um, you know, branch newspaper or t- uh, magazine here in Sweden, um, that, for, well, five months ago, they killed their RSS feed. Mm. They changed their site, and well, it's taken me five months. They didn't notice. kill it. They were unaware that it they, they, yeah. they basically yeah. didn't bother to redirect yeah. it. Um, where you know, and I, I took me until after the summer to realise that it had gone. Mm. Um, but sometimes that's the case with RSS. Yeah. It's, it's best depending on how you read things, mm. then it, it can suddenly come one day that oh, that that site mm. I haven't noticed anything from. Mm. So I, I I tweeted to them on Twitter and um, and pointed it out, and they got a nice reply saying oh thanks for that we'll we'll fix it uh, as soon as we can. It's still not fixed, and this yeah. is this is a newspaper that you know you're some of your most important and loyal readers are the ones that have added it to, you know, their RSS reader. Or nowadays, however they read it, you can use um, you know, Flipboard or, or Zeit or a whole number of different tools to yep. consume the content. They've, they've cut that off. It's, you know, people have they've lost them. They've got to expect them to go through the steps of, of adding the, uh, the new RSS feed again to whatever tool it is or researching for their mm-hmm. site and content. Okay. It's it's poor. It's such poor management. Web management. It is. It is. But, and but, so uh, so why is it happening? Why is it happening? Yeah. And I think you were touching on on some of them. Is is we're we're not aware of the what the supplier is doing. Uh, mm. We're trusting them too much. Maybe. In, I think in quite a few cases we're, yeah. we're trusting them that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And so we're not actually testing what they're doing because we think, don't know the thing needs yeah, testing. If, if or he's asking for. Yeah. If Jerry had been aware of this. Of, of, when publishing this, that the links wouldn't work. If somebody mm. had said that to him. Of course, he would have reacted, but he didn't uh, at some point, and mm. and this and this took place. Mm. If his partner, mm. if his supplier had been used to doing a content yeah. migration or a site migration mm. plan, then they wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. There's also the aspect of not seeing the value of uh, each and every bit that completes the big picture. Yeah. And uh, not re- I, with the RSS example, I think. Mm. 
people don't realise what's the use of an RSS feed. No, these this, days, it's not the really first time a newspaper. Yeah. I've caught a newspaper yeah. not redirecting their mm. RSS feed. Mm. Um, DN, the Swedish yeah. national paper, did the same thing a couple of years ago, and it's, for me, it's it's just the biggest mistake almost you can yeah. make. Um, what, what the thing is, they don't hear people talking about subscribing to RSS feeds, which people basically don't do as much these days. But you have all these middle hand applications like mm-hmm. Flood and uh, Flipboard and Site mm-hmm. and all those that use the RSS feeds to curate content for for people yeah, and syndicate it effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, so there, it's it's probably a case of that, you know. A bit my no, like my no sliders example that you've um, you've been presented with a, a must have feature because oh, mm. everyone else has it. So mm. we'll 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 implement RSS or we'll implement a, a big slider on the page and so on, without really understanding what it is, what does it do, and how do I need to take care of this? Mm. Um, it's like buying a puppy for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I know. I normally with web management, I talk about how, uh, especially with changing your design of your website, it's it's like um, heart surgery. Mm. Your, your website is a is a living thing. Mm. We've mentioned this on podcasts earlier that your, your website is connected to the whole web. And there's people have posted posted links to it. They've created blog posts about it. They've added it to their newsreader mm. or site or Flipboard mm. or whatever it is. It's 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 truly baked into the structure of, yeah. of the internet. When you change design and, and rip your site out of the internet and then push in a new one, mm. you've got to make sure you connect up all the arteries and all the you know, veins and vessels. And get it. I mean, you, this, this is not something you can do lightly. You mm. need a surgeon general to help you out with mm. that. And So um, Internet World's RSS feed hasn't been working since March. That's right. Why are they not fixing it? They've got new ones that work. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but the old the original one, one is not redirected. No. Yeah, and now we, we've mm. got um, Swedish communicators. They've got um, well, they've done. A, they've tried to, to stitch the heart back in, yeah, and get it back up. Yeah, but they've, they're seeing it's like they've started the operation, mm. and they've done as much as they possibly can. But it's more like they've gone into the emergency. They've gone into A and E, and okay, now we've we've, we've had to change name. Mm. Where do we stitch up? What do we connect mm. where? We'll do it as quick as we can. Oh, we'll, we'll try and do it. Yeah, and they're going to be doing it for a while. Yeah, they're going to have a be... patient in intensive care now for for several months, or or a year. Uh, yeah, probably. Same with Jerry. He's he's maybe thought mm. that he was planning the operation carefully, mm. but it just so happened that he he for whatever reason him or his partners didn't have the full picture. Yeah, maybe they they missed a file mm. from the patient's records mm. that said you know allergic to mm. penicillin or whatever mm. and then suddenly now you've, you've got an emergency situation mm. where all the links are broken mm. in Google that now you need to go into mm. operation data again and fix it so what we're saying is web management and the web management role is a lot about seeing the big picture and even seeing the small technical stuff and that's I like to connect mm. that to what we're saying about you and me actually Understanding the technical stuff yeah. in, in a way that a lot of people don't. You're right. You don't and, have to be the, the 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 coder. You don't have to be the mm. the developer mm. producing the, the back end of the system. Yeah. But you need to understand the workings. But how how does the website work? Yeah. And like you were saying, with how does the internet work? Connecting all the all the vessels and streams and and arch, arteries is like it, there is a living thing, living organism or mm. living orgasm, as you said before. <laughs> I did make that mistake, and I said I wasn't going to do it again. And I've been very careful to say to not say orgasm. This time. And you need to know what competencies you're looking for when you're looking for a web manager, basically. Mm. And you need to, as a web manager, be aware of what what is my responsibility. Mm. Am I responsible 
for the user testing and the RSS feeds. Yes, you probably are. Mm. And how much is it going to cost the organization if, if we don't um, have good web management? Mm. But how, how, how would you uh, – you posed this question earlier to me, James. How would you actually sell this? It's a really interesting – uh, thought both internally and from yeah. a consultant point of view it's yeah. yeah how do how do people realize that the rss feed is valuable it's mm -hmm. really difficult how do you realize that the links it is valuable that the links are redirected because it costs a lot of money how do you how do you it show takes people time and, yeah how do you show people the value of it i think how do you how do you realize your own limitations mm -hmm. how do you know when you don't know something yeah <laughs> yeah as well because i mean if you're cause yeah. if you're if you're working at an organization as as web manager or digital manager or whatever title you've got um how how do you know that something is missing that you you've in jerry's case even the new site doesn't have meta descriptions on mm. any page whatsoever mm. if you don't know that meta descriptions are important how can you possibly request them yeah you you know, you're completely relying on your agency maybe to to, to point that out to you yeah and we know that that doesn't always happen mm. another thing that's actually common with all these three examples is you and me are talking about them openly on the net mm. so there's every chance for the, them to actually listen to us yeah without us actually charging for it <laughs> <laughs> and 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 react to that and yeah the knowledge is all there it's it's, it's not so new it's actually knowledge. not not a matter of having to know everything by yourself but actually listen to the feedback that comes in yeah and realizing what should i prioritize based mm. on the feedback that's coming in yeah and that's another of course competence being able to know what's important and what's not important among all the feedback that's coming back to you. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that is difficult with some aspects of web management. Um, if you're producing content um, from, a, from an organization point of view, that's quite easy to, to plan and to organize time for. That you can say, okay, you have now got 50% of your time to write content, or we bring in that writer to produce those articles. Yeah. Very, very easy to, to visualize that. Whereas with some of the web management things, um, like with RSS, I mean, there, you've got to know about it. If you don't know about it, how much is that going to cost the organization? How much has it cost Internet World by losing all those subscribers that they had up to March mm. that haven't then gone across to the new one? Mm. Very difficult to calculate the risk and impact of that. Yeah, for us, and, to, and then to explain it's like to the organization. The cost of fixing it is so low compared to the value, is what you yeah. and I are thinking. Yeah. Because we understand how it works, and it's yeah. like. Fix that code. <laughs> Just redirect. Yeah. It takes us a few minutes. I mean, in some, yeah. in some sites, especially mm -hmm. the, the medium, small to medium-sized mm -hmm. sites, you probably only need help a few hours a month from someone who is yeah. a web management expert to pick up on an awful lot of things. Mm. Um, you can even do it yourself to a degree by like, just using Google Webmaster Tools, pick yeah. up on a whole load of stuff. Or asking questions asking on Twitter. Questions. Using your, <laughs> yeah. using your yeah. web presence yourself yeah. and looking at it. Yeah. It's taking a step back. Yeah. There's a lot you can do yourself and a lot you can do without, without, it cost, without you needing to, to, to flag for a lot of extra money from your manager. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but clearly, organizations are struggling with this. Mm. Small and large, as we're showing. Exactly. Today. The three examples are actually mm. three different size oh, yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, from a large, reasonably large Swedish newspaper or mm. uh, um, magazine um, down to... Oh. Medium-sized, well, 5,000 members, 5, but they're members, not, yeah. not many people working yeah. at the actual... Yeah. And well, then Jerry's yeah. a reasonably small company, yeah. uh, quite well-known in the branch, but yeah. he's, he's not, not a big mm. organisation. Mm. It affects everyone. It is, it does. And it's not getting mm. easier. It's getting, more, it's getting more difficult every year.
<laughs> Ooh, well, scary. Yes. Yeah, well, I know. Like I know. The, the example it, you just exactly. said, about 2005, yeah. name change, I, I, yeah. it's stressful, but it was, it was possible. Yeah. Now, name change, you're saying, oh, Christ, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's our, what's our message to our listeners then? <laughs> run, run now <laughs> while you have the chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> this... no. But web management is really important, and you should be able to figure out what's important and not important. Uh... Web management isn't isn't a pioneering thing. It isn't kind of innovation and cutting edge. Mm. It's 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 about housekeeping. It's about you know being a good mm. doctor, mm. looking after your patient. Your patient is your is your website. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's. We're still uh, again. This is um, an example of how immature our industry is. That this the whole web thing is still new and it's changing so quickly. Where, where as we talked about in previous episodes, difficult keeping up with, with what's happening, how it, it works, mm. and then actually executing it. Mm-hmm. So web management is getting more difficult and more important. Mm. I like what you said about though that with a few hours a month you could keep on top of this, but. During those few hours, you'd have someone have to have someone in place that knows what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, probably that's the key. Just put more time aside to actually fix the things that aren't working. Mm. Or just have a little mm. look. Just to s- yeah. see how it is out there. Yeah. yeah. A- and uh, in Jerry's case, maybe <laughs> don't trust your supplier too much. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that. Yeah. We have to talk to Jerry again. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's starting to get up. I see all yeah. those pages and all those years of yeah. history. Yeah. <gasps> God. We need to help him, actually. We do. You need help, Jerry. Yep. So on that word, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's been fun today. Yeah, as always. Yeah. So uh, What's coming up soon? We got some... Oh, yeah, we have some things coming up. We're hopefully talking to next time in about two weeks. About that. Uh, with Sara Andersson. From search integration, uh, they've launched this new uh, campaign called No Ketchup. Yeah, and that's all about uh, calling out the people <laughs> who are not doing the right things. Yeah, don't give away too much. They can look it up themselves, and then we can listen to Sara. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's in Swedish, though, so everybody can't look no, it up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, but no, you can tune in next time, and use, then we can find Google all about Translate. It. But also, we, we want to give you a heads up about uh, October 22nd, which is the date of Conversion Jam in uh, Stockholm. And we've got one of our actually guests, previous, previous guests, guests uh, Craig Sullivan. Yeah, he's doing one of the keynotes there. Uh, and we'll be actually doing, like we did in, on the, in UXLX, uh, on-the-spot podcasting. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so skeptical. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be really good fun. But um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> so tune in then, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcasts with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX.